Hey, Ryan, we want to remind people that we have uh, created a LinkedIn group for the Digital Broker Podcast. Both Ryan and I monitor the comments and questions that are there. The episodes are posted there. Uh, Comment on a particular episode if there's something you didn't understand, something we didn't explain well enough, a question you might have. Uh, go ahead and leave those comments there, and we'll uh, we'll monitor those, we'll respond to those, and we may post our own questions to you um, well, as you as you uh, go to the group. So, to join, you just go go into the search bar. It's on the top left of that LinkedIn screen. Uh, search for Digital Broker Podcast, and and make sure you choose groups. And then uh, you'll need to request to join, and we'll uh, quickly uh, get that approved as fast as we can. And then you'll be part of that group and able to. Uh, interact with us, ask questions, and let us know what you think. And as we see stuff, we'll give you a shout out, like uh, Olivia Smith. I think she's our like super fan, you know, <laughs> but she had a great, great comment on how to leverage data effectively, and it's something that we'll, we'll have a podcast on. But I think both you and I, Steve, we want to have a community. You know, we don't want to be talking at people. We want to be talking with people. And this is a way that we can build that community. I'm all about collaboration. I feel like you have a collaborative spirit. That's why we get along so effectively. And we want to bring these agencies and these folks that want to help make it better into this space. And so that's what it's about. So I'll try to, 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 to post stuff in there. But please don't be afraid to, to post any questions, anything you want. You know, let's, let's make it really cool for 2019. This podcast is brought to you by Indio Technologies. Indio software helps agencies save time and money by turning the application and renewal process into digitally enhanced online forms. Take all your applications, put them into one electronic form, ha- send that electronic form to your client, and Indio software will populate back to all those applications. Yeah, I'm going to add, um, I was just on the NetView income forum, and somebody had asked a question about Indio, and current user uh, wrote this back. I just copied it out. We are using Indio and absolutely love it. It's a way of automating, managing, and streamlining the application process. Uh, So that's from an actual user. You can learn more about Indio and register for a one-on-one demo at www.useindio.com slash podcast. That's www.useindio.com slash podcast. Welcome to the Digital Broker Podcast with Steve Anderson and Ryan Deeds, where we help agents and brokers drive profitability through operational excellence. I'm Steve Anderson here with uh, my co-host Ryan Deeds, and this is another episode of the Digital Broker Podcast where we do a deep dive into operational excellence for insurance agents and brokers. And uh, Ryan, always good to be here with you. And today we've got a, a actually a very special guest. Adam. Adam from Indio is on with us, and Adam is in my heart, I will say that. <laughs> you know. um, Adam has, has been uh, instrumental to my to, to furthering my both technological and insurance knowledge, and so Adam, just super stoked that you're here with us today. Yeah, thanks guys. Can't wait. Adam, give us a, a little bit of your background, and then um, you know a little bit of uh, Indio's background, um, kind of how you got to this point, and and a little bit of your journey. Yeah, so I've been uh, kind of in the tech scene, and, and you know specifically within that finance tech or, or fintech for the last ten years or so, and it sort of started with uh, I had a web design agency in Michigan, and 
uh, one of our clients was a uh, was a debt settlement firm, uh, and we built them a website, and then it kind of went from there, and we realized there was a, a need for a software to kind of process everything. Um, it was actually very similar to the insurance industry in a lot of ways in that they had um, kind of a, a front office that was a little bit more of the sales side of it and, and sort of the uh, the agent side, and then you had kind of a back office with uh, a lot of, uh, I mean, they called them account managers too, um, that would actually work on, you know, the actual settlement, working with different credit card companies, negotiating. Um, in some ways, similar to, to how you negotiate with a carrier, but um, a lot less complex. And uh, so I uh, grew that business, and, you know, we had hundreds of uh, debt settlement agents all over the, the U.S. using it. Um, and then uh, after we sold that company, I joined a, an early-stage uh, fintech startup that was uh, working on kind of stuff in the stock market. So did that for a few years. And then uh, I was working at a, a company called 500 Startups. It's like a, one of the, I think it's actually the largest startup accelerator in the world. They've uh, invested in like 15, 1,600 different companies um, over the past five or six years. And there I actually met Mike, um, who was starting Indio at the time. Uh, started getting talking with him and realized that, uh, you know, the insurance industry was very similar to a lot of stuff I've done in the past. And, you know, I've always been interested in FinTech and kind of the numbers side of things that are, Joined with product and tech, so uh, just kind of jumped on board, and you know we've been cruising for the last two and a half years or so. And just so people remember, we've certainly talked about Indio a lot, but uh, give us a, a brief uh, idea of what Indio does. What is what is it that they help agents and brokers with? Yeah, uh, so the the core of what we're doing is really just empowering the agent um, to sort of better collect information from the client. So. They're getting an experience for their client that's a little bit like TurboTax. Instead of dropping off a load of paperwork or PDFs in your client's inbox, um, you're just sending them an easy link. And on that link, they'll have all their supplementals, any questionnaires that you need to fill out a court information from. And uh, it's something where you can go through and, you know, they're answering each question one time and it's going off to all the different forms. Um, so it's sort of mapping to all the different forms. Uh, we also support, you know, point and large schedules, vehicles, drivers, all that information. We're really kind of that information collection piece and sort of the, the data warehouse for all of the communications back and forth with the client and the agent there. Yeah, and that's great. And, and uh, you know, I was thinking about our conversation uh, today, and um, you don't know this, and I don't even think Ryan knows this, but this has been an issue for agencies for years. And, in fact, in the 90s, uh, probably about 97, uh, I actually created a product process for the agency I was in that then we made available to other agents where we would convert, you know, forms into fillable forms, right? Today, really easy to do. Back then, a lot more difficult to provide a way to capture, you know, in one application, all of the questions and comments, and then move that data to each carrier individual application. One of the ones we did was trucking. So, Certainly, the technology today is much easier, and, and but the need is is still there. All of that data gathering and collection, and then figuring out what to what to do with it. Well, I think the expectation is so much different than it was back in the day, mm -hmm. right? Because now it's like table stakes. I mean, how do you how do you make this more seamless? You know, if an agent goes and drops off. Here's this binder that you have to fill out that automatically puts you in the the old business category where if you don't have some easy to fill out electronic you know electronic mechanism that that automatically starts to talk about your modernization I, I think it, it just becomes more and more apparent how how needy this is well and let me kind of Adam ask you the 
I'll make a statement and then ask you to, to weigh in on it. You know, Accord forms, right, that's kind of the core of the industry, have been developed, you know, for years, solved a real problem of standardizing at least to some degree carrier applications. But those forms ask pretty much every question that any carrier might have wanted to know. And in, in today's world, one of the questions I have is just, do we need all of those questions? Do we need the accord forms? Or, you know, uh, is there a simpler way to gather the information we need to make the customer experience so much better as to filling that out? So, you know, any reaction to that? What do you think? Yeah, so I think there's a, a couple ways to, to sort of look at that. You know, I think that the accord forms did, I mean, if the accord forms didn't exist, uh, our job would be so much harder because it at least has set up, hey, here's some of the basic information. When you're asking about a vehicle, you know, here's the type of things that you should be asking. Because I think that there's actually, you know, some of the smaller carriers and stuff don't always necessarily know what are some of the questions they should be asking. Uh, on the, the flip side of that, I think the other thing that's happened is, you know, computers have entered the workspace. Uh, people have gotten, you know, better at analyzing data. Uh, you know, you, most carriers now have data scientists that are working on their database and, and trying to figure out, you know, correlations and irregularities in their database that they wouldn't have done in the past with their data. And I think that's part of the reason why you're seeing new questions arise from that, right? Because now you can do an analysis and say, oh, we're not asking this question. We have this information, you know, it would let us avoid those losses that we had last year in these categories. And I think that that's it's sort of a never-ending battle there a little bit um, because, if you think about it from the carrier's perspective, they're just always going to want as much data as possible, right? The more things they can know about your business down to the, the level of, you know, with some of the IoT stuff we're talking about where they know, you know, how many steps each one of your factory workers is walking each day, you know, what's the flow of water through the, the pipes into your, you know, factory. It's, it's kind of crazy, right? The, the, the possible universe of things you could ask to determine a business's risk. As IoT and devices and more of that data is being gathered to really potentially help in that risk profile, will that, do you think, mitigate the necessity for as many questions or gathering from the client, or will that supplement what a carrier does in terms of its underwriting and understanding the profile of a risk? Where, where, where do you think things are headed over the next few years? Yeah, so I think short-term it's going to be purely additive, right? Um, but I think long-term it's going to be a competitive advantage. And you're already seeing this with a lot of the smaller lines um, and, you know, some of the smaller upstart carriers that are coming up right now where they're actually asking less questions because they have those devices, right? They don't need to ask anything. It's, hey, take this device, install it in your car, and we'll track everything. Mm -hmm. And so I think you're, going to, you're definitely going to see more of that. Uh, but there's, you know, there's things I don't think are ever going to be replaced by. If you go through the standard accord form, there's a lot of questions on there about the vehicles and drivers and stuff like that that aren't going to be, um, you know, coming out of a device. Now, they might be coming out of public record, but even then, it's, uh, it's, it's been unreliable. I don't, you know, a lot of that comes from county and government websites. I don't necessarily know that's something that's going to get innovated that much in the next 10 years. Hmm. Interesting. So your platform, you're gathering a, a lot of data uh, on a profile of a, of a client and in various kinds of, of insurance, right? Um, how, how many forms are you up to now? Yeah, so I think we're at just over 4,000, like 4,200 right now. That's a lot. 
Yeah. So it's a lot of a lot of carrier forms, a lot of supplementals, questionnaires, all types of forms for insurance. So you ask the questions, you map these different forms so that you know, you can ask one question one time and that can be mapped to wherever whatever other form might need that piece of information, but that also means you're gathering a whole lot of data and information for agents and brokers that are, are using the platform. What what implications do you see there or what uh, product lines or, or potential use by the agency? Where do you see that going? Yeah, I think there's, there's a lot of different avenues that we want to explore in the future. Um, you know, at this point, I think we're we've kind of crossed the mark of tens of millions of data points in terms of, you know, different data points that have been collected from the end insureds. And so, that, you know, there's a lot of data to go off of there um, in terms of starting to make some analysis and stuff like that. And uh, I think there's kind of two two areas for that. One is on the, the broker side, just empowering them a bit more with some BI tools, allowing them to actually analyze that data. You know, a lot of the stuff we collect, you know, 30% of it might have a home in your AMS right now and there might be a spot for it. But even if it is, it's something you put in your AMS, you can't really get at that data too easily. So it's that 30% of the important sort of accord data um, is where we're first starting with the, you know, the BI and giving tools and reports to agents. But then the long tail of that is that other 70% of information for things like, you know, maybe above ground storage tanks where there's not really an option for it in, you know, your particular AMS. Uh, you want to analyze that because you have a lot of clients that do have those, or uh, things like aircraft, and a lot of these other risks that might not necessarily be the, you know, the standard ones in your AMS Accord forms. And then as that branches out from there, you get into the whole long tail of everything. To you know, we've seen quite a few forms actually lately for establishments that have axe throwing and they serve beer. Um, <laughs> I guess it's kind of a okay. you know a new uh, entertainment, but uh, yeah, so. There's, there's just a lot of uh, different stuff that you can dig into on that BI side and, you know, analogies, analysis you can pull out for things like benchmarking or showing that, hey, you know, similar clients to you um, are also buying these other lines of insurance and things that are really helping with that sale as well as making sure that that customer is getting the appropriate coverage for their risk. On the other side of it, there's, you know, some long-term potential where, you know, you go to an agent and you say, hey, this particular form for this carrier, uh, you know, you've never collected more than 60% of the information, right? The, the clients are never filling out more than 60% of it. And so now that, that agent is kind of incentivized to go to their underwriter and say, hey, why are you asking all these extra questions, mm -hmm. right? So I think there's a long-term effect where, you know, as I was saying earlier, carriers are constantly adding more questions to ask, but the, the, you know, the real truth of it is, is are they actually getting the data in those questions, right? They might have a question that, Somebody dreamed up and thought, hey, we've probably a lot of risk that had this, but maybe it's something that people can't really determine ahead of time or something that's hard to collect, you know. It's, it's something that the, the business or insured might not necessarily have on hand. Or there's a, there's a certain level of if it's requiring the insured to do a lot of work to get that data, you know, they're not going to get it. it. It's just not going to happen unless it's crucial to the risk. Yeah, and for me, it, it's always a question of, okay, it does this question you're asking, does that piece of data and information that you're seeking actually have any material impact on claims or the, the, the payout? So in terms of customer experience, you know, yes, there are always new questions to ask, but kind of like 
the government, you know, once it gets in place, do we ever go back and actually ask, do we need that question anymore or is it not even relevant? So can we remove something um, from the application that we we realize we thought it might be indicative of something, but it actually isn't anymore, even if it was at some point. And, you know, hopefully that process helps, again, if we look at it through the eyes of the customer and all of these questions that they aren't getting answers for or agents aren't getting answers for, you know, what can we do to, to I, I, the phrase I like to use is what can we do to take friction out of that transaction, that process? Because the more we do that, the more the customer is going to engage with us in a better and a different way, and I think longer term. Totally. Where where do you where do you you know we're talking about data, and I, you know it's one of those things that I struggle with um, every day. <laughs> where do you put if 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 data maturity was from zero to ten with you know a high tech startup like a face you know Facebook who's using data or, or one of these big data driven companies up in the eights or nines. Where would you put the average broker for leveraging their data in in ways that help make the consumer experience better, the their operations better, make them more profitable? I mean, are you seeing a, a difference? You've been in the game for two and a half years in the insurance agency space. You know, we've known each other for, for the vast majority of that. Have you seen significant changes in that two years? I mean, is there an accelerating is there an acceleration that you see? Yeah, I mean, quite frankly, I think that when uh, we first started, I would have put it probably around a two, um, and it's maybe moved up now to a three or a four, right? So it's still not great, but there's definitely a, a rapid movement in a lot of agencies where data is now becoming a focus, right? I think a lot of times there's not necessarily a solution there, but the problem has been identified. I mean, that's not something what we saw two years ago even. Right, and I, I I agree with that wholeheartedly. I think, you know, the I hear this all the time. We we are behind with data, and we are behind with technology. We need to we need to leverage those more effectively. And my question to them is always like, okay, well, what does that look like to you? And they don't really have an answer. And so, as you look at like low hanging fruit for an agency to identify a data plan, a data strategy, leveraging some of this, what, what are the first things that come to your mind? Yeah, and I think that, you know, it's interesting because a lot of it really depends on the particular agency. You know, there's there's certain things that are always kind of fundamental. Um, the first one is just making sure that your, your data quality is there. And the first area to start with is things like your policies, right? If you don't have your policy information up to date, if you can't run an analysis to say, you know, how much premium are we generating with these carriers on these lines, you know, that's the first step is just fixing that. Uh, because a lot of it, I think, you know, when you're running analysis on things, it's going to be driven by the dollar at the end of the day. You know, if you want an ROI on it, it's going to have to be attached to something that you're getting a commission from at some point for most agents to really be motivated to get in there and start working with that, you know, and start cleaning things up. So I think, like, that's really kind of the, the starting block right there. In terms of the, you know, the next step once you have that, well, the first thing is, is really just sort of analyzing and seeing, like, you know, is there certain carriers that we maybe we should be spending more business to? Are there ones that... Uh, you know, we need to figure out a different plan for here. Uh, and, you know, I think there are a lot of agencies that are doing that today. So that, that's sort of the first step. And I think there are a lot of agents that have gone down that path. And 
through doing that, they've realized, oh, wow, we've got a lot of problems with our data. Right, um, because that's, that's, that's a manual that. process, yeah. right? It's, it's, they have a human that's involved with that creation. And so a lot of times I use, yep. how long does it take you to generate a report? as an indication of, of analytical maturity. You know, if I say that I went into an agency and said, hey, I need your top 10 carriers and, you know, how close are you to your uh, appetite guides with those from a, from a um, level of placement? And if they say, oh, we'll be back to you in three or four days, that's an indication of, because they are running these reports. I mean, all the things that we're talking about are things that are being run. It's just they're being run typically by a human that's massaging it, and their methodology is kind of ad hoc depending on the day. I mean, that's what I see. Is yeah. it similar? Totally. It's, it's once a quarter before the leadership meeting. Right. And so, yeah, to be able to – I think you're right. I think, you know, a a good level three in that matrix, you know, zero to ten – Three would be you can run some kind of automatic report to get carrier volume that helps determine placement strategy and, and core relationships. Because I do think that, that is, that's a monetizable figure. That's something that the, the C-levels can directly equate back to cash. You know, they can say, we, we can see how the data will make us money. In so so many other cases, though, th there's not a there's not this this you do data here and you get money there. It's a longer term play, where sometimes you don't even understand what you're gonna be using that data for in the long term. But I, I find that the quality issues uh, stemmy them more than anything else. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we've you know started getting to the point now where we're starting to pull some more policy data from agents, uh, AMS systems, and, you know, we see it all the time where you're, you're pointing information and, uh, well, this isn't necessarily policy, but one of the big problems we saw is we had a, an agency that there were a bunch of, you know, people were putting website addresses in email fields, or, or they were just putting notes in email fields and stuff. And, you know, we use emails as a way to kind of identify clients. And so, you know, when somebody's trying to log in with an email, and the email in the system is do not reply. like well, what are we supposed to do here? So, yeah, I think data quality is just something that no, the problem is no one has any insight to it, right? Um, if you're not running reports regularly, you don't have any insight to it. And even then, you know, you're running those reports, but are you actually going back and asking enough questions of your data for you to be able to determine that your report isn't, uh, you know, this is pretty close to the actual dollar versus, no, this is actually the amount of money that we have coming in. This is actually the amount of money that we're placing with these carriers, and it matches up with what the carriers have as well. Right. Well, that's what I'll preach all day. I don't believe you can have good data until you have a feedback loop that's relatively instantaneous back to those that enter it and then a culture that incentivizes following the data management. I think, you know, right now, like you like you see, you know, you'll run a monthly report of exceptions. You get that to an account manager. The account manager f goes through and fixes as many as they can in the time that they have allocated and they move forward. And so... Uh, you know, it's it's funny because this is a very tactical, technical issue that causes us a lot of consternation on the data side and, uh, and really eliminates our ability to move things forward. But it takes a hell of a lot of culture to fix this problem. And But I think that if we can tie back quantifiable and valuable goals to that, that maybe that will help drive those uh, agencies to get that data quality in place. Because I think so often right now they think, 
yeah, our data's not great. It's okay. But they, like you said, they have no ability to determine the variance and they have no ability to, to help correct those. Um, because it is report-based, and I'm not a report person. I'm much more of a, a, of a real-time dashboard. Dashboard. I was going to yeah. say, you're a dashboard person. I am. I am. And I mean, I know that it gets overplayed, but having my account managers live off of a mechanism that tells them that this value is outside of normal limits is the only way you're going to drive data quality, in my opinion. I just I don't know how else you do that. Well, Adam, and, and I want to go back to a comment you made is, is visibility. You know, uh, if you're not running reports, if you're not relying on the data, then there's no visibility of whether the data is good, bad, indifferent, not there. And, and I will tell you my work with agencies, uh, really more around uh, agency system s selection and the implementation of going from one system to another system. You know, everybody assumes they should convert data, and I never assume that. And two, whenever I ask, you know, what's the quality of your data, they say, oh, it's good, right? Well, I know it's not <laughs> for the vast majority of agents and brokers, and because, again, there's no visibility there. So, you know, I think that's, you know, perhaps one area that, um, you know, as listeners here can, can really think about, you know, are we asking those questions in the reports? Are we, are we validating the report data to other sources? Are, or do we know how good the data quality uh, is? Um, I, I did want to mention actually our fourth episode uh, was deep dive with Ryan and I on this topic called Data, the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. And it's such a key area for literally almost anything you want to do in the organization. So, Adam, I wanted to ask kind of a basic question. So, currently with the NDO platform, what is the interaction with agency management systems? Are you pulling data from or putting data to from the applications? Just fill us in a little bit on that. Yeah, so we, we pull pretty much any of the core data out. Um, and today, we're, we're just mapping the uh, schedule data for the most part, the so drivers, vehicle, payrolls, officer information, named insureds, all that type of stuff. In early next year, we're moving to the point of all the other accord questions. So basically anything within a policy inside of Epic, Sagita, or AMS 360 will come into Indio and populate both accords, questionnaires, schedules, and you know any supplemental forms that ask those same questions. So it's a, it's a massive undertaking in terms of the amount of fields and data that's coming in. I think for you know, most of those systems, the average is around 1,500 to 2,000 different fields that we're bringing in with information and mapping it to the correct spot there. Okay. Uh, in terms of the uh, the pushback, um, that's something that, you know, we've explored a little bit, but honestly, I, I think that there's a there's an E&O risk there, um, as well as the fact is when you're gathering data from the client, um, a lot of times there's things that you're sending to the carriers and, you know, pushing to the carriers before you're necessarily update, updating it in your AMS. Um, and then for any of the small lines you have, your download. Uh, not to mention the uh, the APIs for the systems today are really not the easiest to use if they support pushing back at all. And even if they do, you know, we've seen weird things where you push back a number and it shows up as text and, and things like that, where it's just, you know, there's not a whole lot of validation and there's things that could break very easily. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and then I'm intrigued with your comment in terms of, and I if my memory, if I heard you right, I think you said, you know, 70% of data may not even have a, a, a 
place in the agency management system. And that could be a real treasure trove of uh, additional information available to agents and brokers. So what are you doing to help get visibility uh, into that, let's call it external data or non-AMS data? And, and, and how do you see that being valuable to an agent broker? Yeah, I mean, so the first thing is being able to collect it um, and having that data year over year so that when you go to that renewal, you know, the information's all there for the client. They can make any updates to it and send it back. And that's something today, you know, you're scrounging on the shared drive, your email history, you know, looking up your attachments and Epic, wherever it might be, to find that, you know, sheet that the, the, the client sent you or the form the client sent you last year. So the first thing is just having the data from year to year for an individual client. And that's something that we do pretty well today. Um, you know, most agencies that are on India are using us for the renewals and, you know, a good chunk of the ones that have been on for more than a year are now seeing that benefit of, oh, now we have the same information as last year. We don't have to get everything filled out again. You know, the client just goes through and verifies everything. Mm-hmm. That's okay. kind of the, the, the first benefit there. The next side is sort of what I've been kind of picking at already, but we're really jumping a lot more into the BI space. We have, uh, you know, some kind of pilots going up soon on that stuff where we're actually looking through and, the first thing we've, we've really kind of targeted is, okay, well, there's a lot of data quality issues, right? You know, you, you have things for vehicles that are, you know, being pulled from your AMS improperly. You have all these little p- policy pieces outside of just looking at the policies and analyzing it. You know, I, I think we, uh, we look through all the vehicles that have been put in Indio, um, and out of, I don't know, it's, it's I think over a couple hundred thousand now uh, vehicles that have been entered, there were something like 2,000 of those that had a year that was before 1900 or after the year 2020. Um, <laughs> right. Oops. So, you know, something, something's going on there. I don't think you bought your Cadillac in the year 3000. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it just, yeah. It doesn't work. And, and then they kind of, kind of like the next stage of that is really providing you a lot of ben- benchmarking information on lines that you currently don't necessarily collect that information, right? So a lot of like coverage stuff, um, limits and everything else on a DNO or an ENO policy, a lot of the agency management systems don't even have a spot for that. Typically what agencies do is, you know, they'll, they'll add like kind of a, you know, put it in an umbrella wrapper or something else and sort of, you know, cram that data in a spot where it doesn't necessarily fit, where they can't report on it, but it's someplace they can put it for, for year to year, but there's, there's no analysis being done on that. Yeah, I definitely think we agencies have a long way to go um, to to get that to to be able to really start leveraging this. But I, I think that you know, with companies like Indio and and continuing to bring an awareness of of what they can do with that information, it provides an incentive to make those changes. Yeah, exactly. I think that's you know, in this podcast, we're talking about it a lot. Um, you know, the data side of that, and you know. The, the benefits of getting your data all up to speed. But, you know, really when we're talking to agents, we're starting with more of the, the customer experience side of it. That's what we're, we're, you know, kind of bringing agents on for, as well as just the efficiencies you gain and, the you know, the process improvements by kind of standardizing everything. But at the end of the day, if you look at it, Indio is a, a, a collection platform, right? It's now a place where you're insured to put the information in. The agent is no longer, the, the you know, the author, right? The agent now becomes sort of like the, either a viewer or in some cases maybe an editor a little bit where they notice a mistake that the insured made or a question that, you know, might not have made sense to the insured. And so they've, you know, commented back and forth on it in India and the agent's like, okay, we should go with this, right? And so it really kind of changes the uh, the paradigm there a little bit. 
So instead of having to be the one that's always kind of maintaining the data, you kind of put it on your insured a little bit more. And now you can spend that extra time on doing the analysis, getting the intelligence out of that data that you've collected. Yeah, and I think that's really key and in, in an area that I'm focusing a lot on is as I think agents and brokers as they get better at data, as their data is better quality, and as they understand more about their customers, they can provide other, perhaps not even insurance-related uh, products and services uh, to those customers because they're able to do a deeper dive into all of this information and, and help that client more than just selling them a policy, which I believe will be pretty significant in the next 5, 10, 15 years for any agent and broker that, um, that, that wants to grow. Well, there's consumer value in that data, right? I mean, there's true consumer value to, to help educate and to create profit and to, to minimize risk. And I truly believe fundamentally that the agencies that went out in the next decade are those, a key component to that success is leveraging their data effectively to, to, in a tactical way, having good plans for it. It's just a challenge because operationally, you know, they run at pretty high margins and it's it, it's tough to get the buy-in for leaders to, to put those resources uh, to be able to do that. But as I see the future happening more and more, it is it, that is a fundamental pillar of agents, modern agents in the next decade is those that use their data more effectively will will win. Totally. Um, just a, a comment here for those that might want a deeper dive. We've talked a little bit about APIs and, and what they can do. Um, Ryan and I did an episode number eight um, and really talked about APIs and the potential advantage and why agents need to be uh, aware of them. and. So if you ha if you want more information there, just uh, go ahead and go back and uh, l uh, listen to that episode number eight. Adam, so a, a little bit of a segue of a question. Uh, actually, uh, Ryan brought this up, but um, you are in the insure tech, insurance technology, the insure tech buzzword space. You've uh, one of those new companies that's uh, been, I think, two and a half years now. Um, what, where do you see that going uh, in the next, let's say, five years? I don't know if it's worth thinking further out. Who knows? Um, and what comments or recommendations might you have for agents and brokers in terms of, okay, how should they look at some of these new companies, yours included? How do they engage with them? What are some things to do and perhaps some things to avoid? Yeah, I think, you know, the, the biggest thing that's going to change, um, we're already seeing it, it's, it's just going to be customer experience is going to be paramount. If you look at, you know, the other financial spaces, right, if you look at things like uh, loans, you look at, you know, the capital market, just thinking how much that's changed in the last few years where, you know, no one calls up their broker anymore to, to place a stock trade, you know, very few people are even logging on their computer, uh, right? Like, you know, I think it's something now where uh, almost 50% of stock trades for uh, long-term investors now are actually people doing it on their mobile phone. Um, and so you've kind of moved a lot of this stuff uh, from the, you know, the FinTech scene um, has come in and sort of innovated the customer experience side for all these other areas. But when it comes back to insurance agencies, you know, people are still emailing their broker, calling up their broker every time they buy a new vehicle. All of that type of stuff is going to change. I think in the next five years, we'll go to the point of, 
you know, it being easier and the data kind of being a little bit more structured, you know, there's an easy way for you to add a vehicle or take a snapshot or something like that to your policy. Uh, in the future, beyond that, I think you're going to see more interconnectedness from the non-insurance world back to the insurance world, right? So now, you know, you go to your car dealership, um, and, and they're actually automatically passing that on and adding that to your business's policy when you buy a new car for your business, right? Like, that stuff is kind of becoming more and more automated through an increasingly API-driven world um, in that sense. Um, I think that, you know, for the most part, um, agents have uh, been the, the area where there's been kind of the least focus um, in the fintech world to date. Uh, it's one of the reasons why we saw a lot of opportunity um, is I think a lot of companies have kind of passed over agents and they just see the, the carriers at the end of the tunnel a little bit in terms of like, okay, this is where, you know, the, the dollar from the transaction ultimately goes um, is to the carrier. And there's been uh, a bit more of a, you know, what's going on on that side. I think you've seen kind of the, the raise, obviously, of newer carriers, but also inside of carriers, I think there's a huge focus um, on all the stuff that we've been talking about today as well. You know, I think, you know, there's a lot of carriers that still are rekeying data from PDFs into their systems. And so yeah. there's a whole chain there that needs to change. Yeah, no question. Uh, and I have to say, I uh, last week I went into the lobby of my bank, uh, probably, for, I was trying to think, for the first time in at least a year, if not longer. And the only reason is that I got a check that, uh, on a Canadian bank, and I couldn't deposit it through my mobile phone, and the ATM wouldn't accept it either. So I had to actually physically go into the bank and stand in line and wait for this one teller. <laughs> um, and, and you know, it was it was like, oh wow, this is kind of what it used to be like, and it's so much easier today. And I think that is a, a model for us in the industry to to think about in terms of. How do we get that customer and how do we get friction out of everything that they do with us so that um, we can provide more value to them? Yeah. And I think it's also kind of the, the data on that. That's not necessarily even insurance data. Like, I know you guys have talked about this in the past, but, you know, even having, like, an MPS score on your customers, right? Yeah. Um, having that added intelligence that when you're collecting things in a digital manner, it becomes that much easier to, to put that extra question in or collect that extra information in. Yeah, no question. Absolutely. I mean, I, I don't think it can be. I don't think we can talk too much about data. Maybe for everybody else we can. But for myself, I <laughs> well, can. Well, I know talk for you, data. Ryan, we can. So, well, yeah. um, Adam, it's been great having you on the the podcast. Finally, we appreciate you uh, carving out some time uh, to uh, to talk with us. And uh, if people have questions for you or want more information, what's the best way to get a hold of you or uh, someone on your team there at Indio? So, if you'd like to learn more about Indio. Um, Definitely, you know, go to our website, check it out. You can sign up for a free demo. Somebody will get back to you right away. You know, if you have questions or specifically, you know, anything about data that you uh, want to bounce off me, uh, my email is adam at useindio. Uh, you know, feel free to shoot me a note, and uh, I'll get back to you. That's great. Well, like I said, uh, appreciate your uh, spending some time uh, with us. And uh, let me, I think on behalf of Ryan and myself, thank you for uh, sponsoring this podcast for us. Uh, it, it's obviously a big help for us and uh, allows us to get uh, a message and information out to agents and brokers on um, how to improve uh, their operational excellence. So uh, thank you. Yeah, we love you, man. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you guys. I've, I've learned so much just from listening to your episodes. I mean, there's, there's always some new insight to be gleaned. I appreciate it. This has been another episode of the Digital Broker Podcast with Steve Anderson and Ryan Deeds. 
Post your questions and comments at the Digital Broker Podcast official LinkedIn group page. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review. This podcast is brought to you by Indio Technologies. Indio allows agencies to turn their application and renewal process into a fully digital, modern customer experience. The platform comes armed with a preloaded database of smart digital insurance forms and applications, an e-signature solution, auto-generated proposals, and secure document sharing. To learn more about Indio, go to www.useindio.com slash podcast. That's useindio.com slash podcast.